0: Greetings and welcome to another episode of From John to Justin, where I started out looking at every Prime Minister in Canadian history, and we're right in the middle of every opposition leader who never became Prime Minister, but we took a break from that, because an election was called. So right now I'm doing 36 election episodes in a row, to coincide with our 36-day election period. If you want to support the podcast, you can, for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking Donate. Don't forget, I have three other podcasts out there. Canadian History X, which releases every Wednesday and Saturday. Canada's Great War, which releases every single Sunday. And Coast to Coast, which releases every single Thursday. I do all of these full time. The writing, the research, everything. I do it every day, all day. And it's a lot of work. So any dollars you give help keep it all going. And I'll make sure to thank you on the air and throughout my social media. If you like, you can email me at craig at CanadaEHX.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D. And I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37. Four years after Brian Mulrooney and the Progressive Conservatives won the most seats in Canadian history, it was time for another election. But this time, things would be somewhat different. The 1988 election is notable for many reasons. It would be the last election for the Social Credit Party, which had existed since 1935, and it would be the first election for a new party that would morph into one of the most powerful parties in Parliament today. In many ways, this was a rematch of the previous election, which saw John Turner and the Liberals go up against Mulroney and the Conservatives. The two would go head-to-head once again, but this time, Turner would fare much better. The 1988 election is often called the Free Trade Election, because the issue of free trade with the United States dominated the campaigns. It had been roughly 70 years since free trade was last an election issue, with the Liberals supporting it and the Conservatives opposing it. This time around, the tables would be turned, and it would be the Conservatives pushing for free trade. Going into the election, the Progressive Conservatives were dealing with a number of scandals, and their popularity was beginning to fall. In fact, in March 1987, Mulroney's approval rating would hit a low of 17%. The Liberals had spent the previous four years rebuilding the party, with Turner putting extra effort into building up the provincial wings of the party to make gains in Anglophone provincial legislature across the country. But even with this work to rebuild, the party was still heavily in debt and in disarray politically. Those who left Turner's office in the high turnover rate would often talk to the press and talk about the many errors under Turner's leadership. Turner had passed a leadership review in 1986 with 76.3% of delegates rejecting a leadership convention, but there was still a group who were looking to replace Turner with the much more popular Jean Chrétien. The Liberals would launch a campaign that featured a 40-point plan that put an emphasis on the free trade issue with the goal of giving voters the view that the Liberals were the right government to lead the country. This included a $1.65 billion program to encourage housing construction. One item that did not go well on the platform was the election promised by Turner to allow abortions only up to the 20th week of pregnancy. A leaked version of the plan caused such an uproar within the Liberal Party that there was a distinct possibility of an open revolt. For Turner, the campaign was a personal one as well. Alistair Graham, the national campaign co-chair, stated, quote, he wants to avenge what happened to him in 1984, quote. The Conservatives had used the previous four years to get ready for another election, and their party was a well-oiled machine by this point. They would also alter tactics from 1984. The previous election, Mulroney made many appearances, had impromptu interviews, and flew across the country constantly. In 1988, the Conservatives chose to have Mulroney still travel, including touching down in six provinces in six days to start the campaign, but he made few impromptu encounters. Mulrooney maintained a tight schedule with few opportunities for being spontaneous. At one point in October, Mulrooney toured a plastics factory in Georgetown, Ontario. Mulrooney told the workers to support his free trade agreement, but then reporters began interviewing the employees, who said they were worried they would lose their jobs under free trade. From then on, at other events in the subsequent days, journalists were kept behind white plastic chains to prevent them from mixing with crowds. Mulrooney's press secretary would state, quote, he wants to meet the voters, but he can't do that unless we impose discipline, End quote. Turner would attack this behavior, calling Mulroney a coward and stating, quote, They've got him all wrapped up. I invite him to come out of the cage and meet the Canadian people, End quote. At the start of the campaign, the Liberals had their backs to the wall, polling in third place at 25%, with an NDP at 29%, and the Conservatives at 42%. For the liberals, this time was described as a frenzied panic, and many did not believe that Turner could lead them to any sort of victory. One month before the election, things had not changed much. The progressive conservatives still polled at 39 to 42 percent, while the liberals were at 25 to 29 percent. The debate of 1984 had helped Mulrooney defeat Turner and the Liberals, and when 1988 came along, Mulrooney was confident he could once again best Turner. And while Turner had low polling numbers overall, once the main election issue began to transition towards free trade, Turner seemed to be reinvigorated. A friend of Turner, Richard Alway, would say, quote, He is convinced that free trade is the political issue of this generation, and that he must be the person to lead the fight against the deal. I believe he thinks he's been chosen for this moment in history. End quote. During an interview with McLean's, Turner would say, quote, I think that Canada would be ill-advised to become a junior partner in Fortress America. It has always been in Canada's interest to seek a widening trading perspective globally. By the time the French debate came along, Turner was much more confident in French and to go against the fluently bilingual Mulroney. By the end of the debate, Quebec media stated that Turner had been the winner. The following night, the English debate would be held, and Turner once again put out a strong performance over the free trade issue. In both debates, the consensus, about 46% of respondents, was that Turner had won both debates and for the Liberals, there was new hope.
1: I think the Canadian people have a right to know why when your primary objective was to get unfettered and secure access into the American market, we didn't get it. Why you didn't put clauses in to protect our social programs in this negotiation that we'll have on the definition of subsidies where the heavy weight of the American Republic will be put in against us. Why did that not happen? Why also did we get a situation where we surrendered our entire energy policy to the United States, something they've been trying to achieve since 1956 under the Paley Commission. Why did we abandon our farmers? Why did we open our capital markets so that a Canadian bank can be bought up and we we don't have reciprocal rights into the American market at all? Why did you remove any ability to control the Canadian ownership of our business? These are questions that Canadians deserve to have an answer Andy, to, and we have not had an opportunity Andy, in six hours Andy. to deal with them in a well, way that would make you come out of your shell. Andy.
2: Well, Mr. Turner, uh, you're, you're about uh, two feet away from uh, me. I've been with you for six hours. I've responded to everything that you had to say. I've responded openly to all questions by uh, Canada's most distinguished journalists in English and French. There has been a most vigorous and, I think, probably unprecedented exchange of views, and yet, notwithstanding that, simply because you have an idea that 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 only you have a proper interpretation of a given agreement, that it's difficult for anyone to persuade you of of, of the opposite. And and so, but you you ought not to blame me or blame Mr. Broadbent for that or blame the journalists. There has been a very direct as we're having now, and proper exchange of views. Now, I, if you would if like further, further exchanges, you can ask your people at an appropriate time to meet with Global and others, and we'll see what can be worked out. I, but right
1: now, rather I, than I, take up this time, I'd be happy to answer your questions. I think the issues happen to be so important for the future of Canada. I happen to believe that you've sold us out. I happen to believe that once you... Mr. Turner, just, what, a, just, just one a, second. What, what, once any you nation... Do not ha- you do once, not have a
2: monopoly once, on patriotism. What, 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 and I resent what, the fact that your implication that only you were a Canadian. I, I'm saying I want is, to tell you once, that I come from a Canadian once, family and once, I love Canada. And that's any, why I did it, to promote country, prosperity and don't you impugn my
1: motives. Once a, else's. once a country yields its, its energy, we have not once done a it. country yields its agriculture, Wrong once again. a country opens itself up to a subsidy war with the United States in terms of definition, then the political ability Duke. of this country to sustain the influence of the United States to remain as an Mr. independent nation, that Mr. is lost Turner, forever Mr. And Turner, that's Turner. the issue of this election. Mr.
0: Former Member of Parliament Jean Chrétien would also actively campaign for the Liberals while giving hints of running for leadership if Turner resigned down the road. Mulrooney would also attempt to attack Turner over the patronage issue once again, but this time, Turner turned it around on him. Turner would say, quote, You promised to clean it up, and you didn't clean it up. End quote. Pollster Michael Adams would say, quote, Like everyone else, I thought the election had been decided, but there is a surprising degree of volatility among voters. Turner, almost single-handedly has managed to turn this election on this issue, free trade, End quote. The push to make the free trade issue the main issue of the campaign had worked. A poll done found that 63% of respondents felt that the free trade was the biggest issue, and the next closest was don't know at 15% and the environment at 6%. Mulrooney would tell McLeans a week before the election, after he was asked if he regretted not explaining the free trade agreement better, quote, These things take on a life of their own. The issuance of a writ is like a hanging in the morning. It tends to focus the mind. The issuance of a writ gives profiles to both sides of the proposition. What was difficult for us to forecast was the fact that the leader of Her Majesty's loyal opposition would take a campaign of systematic and fundamental untruth. Not a single thing about the free trade agreement that Mr. Turner has said is true. End quote. Within days after the debates, the Liberals sat at 43%, with the Conservatives at 31%, and the NDP at 22%. A poll done regarding free trade found that 35% supported it, while 54% were against it. Mulroney would say of the new polls, quote, I am confident that in the three weeks that remain, we will remain. There is no doubt, no doubt in my mind. End quote. The Progressive Conservatives would then alter their strategy. They would use a strategy of bombing the bridge between those who oppose free trade and the Liberals, which was Turner's credibility. They also put $6 million into pro-free trade ads to stop momentum of the Liberals. This strategy would set a new standard for negative advertising. One ad showed the border of Canada being removed, stating, quote, John Turner says there is something in the free trade agreement that threatens Canada's sovereignty. That is a lie. End quote. A hand then puts the border back, and a series of interviews with people claimed to be just on the street further poked at Turner's weaknesses. The attacks would get quite vicious from the Conservatives against Turner from that point on. On November 16th, Simon Reisman, the chief negotiator of the Free Trade Pact for Canada, would call Turner a traitor, stating, quote, I challenge him. I accuse him of being a traitor to Canada for the things he is saying, end quote. Turner would respond to this, stating, quote, it's obvious Mr. Mulroney and those who advocate the trade deal with the United States have lost the battle and have lost the debate for the minds and hearts of Canadians, and now they rashly and desperately descending into personal attacks against me. I have never challenged the Prime Minister's patriotism. I just challenged his bad judgment. While the Canada Elections Act only allowed political advertising in the last four weeks of the campaign, the formula for allocating time was based partially on political standings. And the number of seats being contested. This gave the Progressive Conservatives a distinct advantage. The party received 195 minutes of paid airtime, while the Liberals received 89, and the NDP had 67. Turner would respond to the ad stating Every day, Brian Mulrooney and his ministers become more shrill, more desperate. Every day, they become more confused, more contradictory, more incapable of justifying the Canadians why Mr. Mulrooney signed this miserable sellout of a trade deal. We will leave you with some of the images of Campaign 88, the players and their scripts, images that will endure long past Monday. I'm
1: Barbara Fromm, good night.
2: The key question for the electorate will be, who can best manage change in the years
1: ahead? This is more than an election. This is your future.
2: Bravo! All right. The decisions made that affect the people of Canada and their future ought to be made in Ottawa and not in Washington. They wrap themselves
1: in the Canadian flag
2: in the hope that you won't notice that they're naked underneath.
1: The Americans can change their law without consulting us, and we are bound by it under this agreement. That, my friend, is what this agreement says. Whatever the area of concern... This deal is bad for the prairies, bad for central
2: Canada, bad for everyone, and has to be rejected out of hand. They are they not trading. They, the they cannot. They cannot, neither under case. the GATT, neither under international yes, law or bilateral agreements. I respect you. I, I personally. respect
1: you for your opinion, yeah. Mr. Crosby. I haven't been throwing mud at you. Why would you throw it at me? I disagree with you. Completely disagree with you. And I'm not going to. And let me tell you something else. Wild uh, mouth.
2: L- loud mouth. I will. Oh, I'd love to have a date with you. Now get her out of the way. When is, may I ask you this? May I ask you this? When is the last time, sir, prime minister has sat down with you and listened to this Okay, time? that's fine. I'm oh, delighted. Okay. All right.
1: <laughs> Their game plan is in shreds. They're desperately scrambling for something, for anything, to confuse and to frighten Canadians into going along with the trade deal.
2: I think we've got a very good debate on the trade deal was a a, a very,
1: very substantial failure. And I'm sure that the people of Canada watching it tonight will have reached that conclusion. I don't think he understands the agreement. I think it goes far beyond trade. I think it uh, opens Canada up to surrendering one by one our levers of economic uh, independence, our energy, our agriculture.
2: Mr. Turner says that the cause of his life is to tear up a treaty. The cause of my life is to build a nation. The Prime Minister of Canada had no answers
1: to the criticisms of the trade deal because they don't exist. I'm not going to allow Mr. Mulroney to sell out our birthright. I'm not going to let Mr. Mulroney destroy a great 120 year old dream called Canada. I'm not do it. Canadians are not about
2: to build a Canada on the values of John Turner's vision of Bay Street as a replacement for Brian Mulroney's Wall Street, they are going to be rejecting
1: both of them out of hand.
2: Uh, Canadian people, um, I think, are just about ready to cry uncle.
0: The shift in tactics by the Conservatives worked, as did the attack ads against Turner. Two days before the election, the Progressive Conservatives were at 41%, while the Liberals were at 33%. In the November 21st, 1988 election, Mulrooney and the Progressive Conservatives would win 169 seats for another majority, but it was a drop of 34 seats. Turner would see the party's fortunes rise with 45 seats, gained to finish with 83. The new Democratic Party, led for the last time by Ed Broadbent, reached a high-water mark that would not be achieved again for 25 years. His party hit 43 seats, a gain of 11. While the Conservatives had taken every province and territory in 1984, that would not be the case in 1988. While they took 46 seats in Ontario, the Liberals took 43, and the New Democrats took 10. Once again in Quebec, though, the Conservatives took the vast majority of seats, with 63 to the 12 won by the Liberals. In Alberta, they took 25 of 26 seats. Those were the only provinces that went solidly for the Conservatives, while the party picked up several seats in British Columbia, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, and the Maritimes, but they were comparable to the seats taken by the Liberals and the New Democratic Party. This majority win by Mulroney made him the most successful Conservative Prime Minister since Sir Robert Borden, and the first leader of any party to win back to back majorities since Louis St. Laurent in 1949 and 1953. Upon his win, Mulroney would state quote, So now it is time for healing in the land. Irrespective of a party preference, we are all Canadians and we all love our country, Canada. Canada has today chosen to indicate its pride, its realism, its maturity. And its self confidence. Turner would say in his speech, quote, I have promoted my vision of a strong, independent Canada, a Canada in charge of its own destiny. I have done so with all my vigor and all my strength. I have no regrets at all. End quote. The Green Party would take part in its second election, but would win no seats despite increasing its vote total by 50%. And while the Social Credit Party would never again take part in an election, This was the first election for the new Reform Party, which was formed out of Western Canada and made up mostly of former Progressive Conservatives and Social Credit members. Led by Preston Manning, the son of Ernest Manning, former Premier of Alberta, it won no seats, but that would soon change for the party. Only four months later, Deborah Gray would win her seat in a by-election in Beaver River, Alberta. Turner would leave politics in 1990 to be replaced by Jean Chrétien, who would lead the party back to glory. As for Mulroney, this would not only be his last election, but it would be the last time the progressive conservatives would ever win an election again. A lot would change by 1993, and for the party that had existed since the 1940s, this would be the last bit of glory it would ever see. One last fact. This election would be the last time to date that the voter turnout would be above 70%. It hit 75.3%, while 1993 only reached 69.6%. I hope you enjoyed that episode and my look at the 1988 election. Tomorrow, I'm looking at the 1993 election, an election that changed Canada forever. If you like, you can email me at craig at You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37. Again, if you like, you can support the podcast through Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. You can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate. And I'd like to say thank you to all of my wonderful patrons. And if I mispronounce any names, I do apologize. Steve Pakin, Matthew Gartho, Lionel Romaine, Dr. Bob Turner, an anonymous patron that I truly do appreciate, Doug Campbell, Reg W., Deborah Carlson, Francis Helbling, Nick Zinri, Shannon Marshall, Clinton Martinez, Dimitri Chauve, Aaron O'Hara Myers, Robert Dunseith, Todd Casey, Catherine Roux, Luke Guess, JP Bear, Jason Hall, Phil Maynard, and Iris Gray. Information from Dynasties and Interludes, Maclean's, CBC, Canadian Encyclopedia, Ottawa Citizen, and Wikipedia.